Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Woman of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie. And we're joined this morning by Myra Souza, Head of Global Trade at Solvay. Hi, everyone. Hi, Amelia, Kyle, and then the amazing ladies in the chemicals, the women in chems. I'm sorry already. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Myra. Today's episode is sponsored by Palmer Holland. Are raw material supply shortages putting a strain on your production schedule? Make your job easier by partnering with the premier North American specialty chemical and fine ingredients distributor. Their team of technical and logistical experts use their intimate understanding of the marketplace to help you solve, to help you solve your formulation and sourcing issues. Get the support you've been looking for and avoid production delays. Visit palmerholland.com to see what solutions are right for you. Perfect. Thank you, Amelia. And thank you, Myra, so much for joining us this morning. We're very excited to have you. So uh, typically what we love to do is introduce our community to you. Um, so if you could please uh, give us a little background about yourself, um, your career and educational journey, um, and, and how you got to your current role today. Right. Thank you, Kylie. So first, I'd like to thank you for the invite to be here with you today. And then I'd like to say as well to you both, and then to Amelia and yourself, that is an amazing initiative what you have started. I have been following now in the past months, and then just wanted to say like, well done, amazing work. Thank so, you very much. A little bit about me. Um, I'm Brazilian and Belgian. But I was born in Brazil and I grew up in a very small town in the countryside of Brazil uh, with a very funny name actually called Pindamonhangaba. A lot of people have a hard time to pronounce it. <laughs> so I had an amazing time there. And then with the studies, I moved to a bigger city to Rio de Janeiro, which is a beautiful town that you may have heard about, to have my uh, bachelor degree. So it was international relations. And then um, I started working in the industry uh, for automotive company. And then I always had this dream, actually, since the moment that I chose to study international relations, my dream was to become a diplomat. But at the time, I didn't really become a diplomat, but I went to work in international trade. And that's where my start, I, mean, I started my career and where I am to today, actually. So I love international trade. And I'll talk a little bit about uh, this in a moment um, but then I mean I always had this dream of um, living abroad having like international work experience and then I went to set a master's degree in the UK that was maybe around 2006 I think had an amazing time in the UK and since then actually stayed in Europe uh, only have been in Brazil in the past few years like visiting family and friends and then I started working here actually in Belgium uh, right after I graduated in the UK and it was international business. My career has been mostly in customs and trade and in the past four years uh, really focused more in trade policy. But that's, I mean, still, again, since my studies international trade, that's what I do. And currently uh, I work for Solvay where I'm head of trade policy and really happy to be here in Belgium, got used to the weather. <laughs> uh, I'm a mother nowadays, so I have a daughter of two years old, and then we live here with my family just nearby Brussels. Thank you. Back to you. 
Amazing. What a story and what a cool uh, international experience that you've had so far. Um, I'm, I'm jealous of your your travels and I'm studying my, my master's degree right now, but I'm studying it in my, my home state where I grew up. So, um, very cool experience. Thank you for sharing that. And I think we'll dig into to your experience a little bit more with some of these questions, Myra. So, um, overall, what has your experience in working in customs and trade and trade policy been like, um, more specifically working with a chemicals company such as Solvay? as a woman, um, more specifically. So, uh, has your experience been that it seems to be male dominated or has your experience been different? Um, and how have you navigated that type of, uh, an environment, uh, with your career so far? Right. It has been tough, <laughs> not easy. I have to say, and I think for many of us as well, um, not only about the, the industry, but what it takes as well to live, for example, in my case, um, a small town in the countryside of Brazil, and to go through this journey. And I mean, first of all, as a woman, as a foreigner as well, and then facing a lot of obstacles, let's say a bumpy road. So it hasn't been easy. Um, and then indeed, sometimes no, we have this meeting rooms, full of men and then I was there the young little girl foreigner so it has been really difficult but it never really stopped me of going ahead so I always found like okay no that that's uh, another thing I always have been the way I am um, so if I would, I would feel for example that I, oh, okay I feel that there's a little bit maybe I'm not being treated here nicely you know that was something that sometimes I would take and feel a, bit, a little bit sad, but it would never really stop me. Um, so it is, I mean, a male-dominated environment, and not only in the chemicals industry, but uh, I mean, in many other places that you go. I have been in projects around the world as well with different cultures, and this has also changed depending on the environment where you are, um, taking into account also different ways of working, like hierarchy and so on. Um, so it has been a, a challenge. And again, as it still is. And one thing that I'm happy, though, is like in the past I mean, few years is that we see more awareness and the women, they are voicing this more. And I really think that's important um, because in the past, that's something that was not really spoken about. So it's a, I really see the, the awareness and I'm happy for it. And I also part of the movement to support. Um, so yes, I can give in examples and so on, but I would just stop here just to say it hasn't been really easy. Mm -hmm. And in those difficult times, Myra, what, what keeps you going? Um, it sounds as though, you know, you've got a lot of self-motivation and passion in you uh, to go get your bachelor's degree and your master's degree and, you know, um, your ability to, you know, take it upon yourself to relocate and, you know, hold that confidence and that passion with you. Um, in those times where it does get challenging, what keeps you going? Right. Indeed, I mean, I'm very pragmatic and very practical. And then in this way of being, I always think, okay, what are my plans? What are my projects in life? And sometimes it's a good exercise to do. It's like, okay, what I'm going to do next year? What I'm going to do in five, 10 years and so on. Sometimes it's really far ahead. But um, another thing is also being flexible. So when I was, for example, living still in my 
uh, hometown, I thought, no, okay, I want to study. I want to go to a bigger city. And then with that, there has been always some plans, you know, following others and others, and I keep going. And that's what motivates me. And then when I look back and I see, I mean, some of the achievements that I have like accomplished is really the, the satisfaction. Um, and that's also something like, for example, my friends, they say that I'm always busy doing something with a project or something. I mean, it could be a professional or personal project. Uh, but I always have something in mind. Okay, what I'm going to do next? I'm also very fan like self-development. So I'm always looking for ways how can I improve myself? How can I do this little bit better than, you know? I'm very self-aware as well. So I look into myself like, okay, maybe this is not really good. Let me try to improve here and there. Um, and that's what keeps the motivation going. And, and then indeed, when I look back sometimes and the things that I have done. And I think, wow, Myra, you did this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and at the time when you're going for it, you don't really feel, don't really imagine. Mm-hmm. But when you look back, it's like, wow, I have done that. So I can do many more, you know. So that's what keeps me going. Absolutely. I think that's a good point. And I think that's something I need to take into account right now. You know, we've been through and we are still in the middle of some really, you know, draining times as a result of COVID and a lot of, you know, a a downstream or domino effect of a bunch of other things. Um, And I sit in our global supply chain space and it's so draining to sit in sometimes, but it's very important to kind of reflect, I think, based on what you're saying and, and look back on all that we have gotten through and accomplished over the last, you know, couple of years, um, even though it has been tough. So I think that's a really good point. Amelia, do you have any commentary there? I'm just so impressed, Myra, with how brave you are um, to, you know, move continents and always just have faith in yourself. And even I think to have self-awareness and to look inside oneself takes a lot of bravery and listening to you really inspires me to, to maybe take more chances or you know, pick the harder route. So mm-hmm. thank you for all of that commentary. Thank you. And I would say like, for example, I mean, last year has was really difficult to a lot of people. Also for me, I have to say, but again, I took the opportunity and I did so much. For example, I was finishing renovation, uh, my house renovation. So I had contractors, it is finished. And then there were still plenty of things to, to do. So sometimes I could like combine the time and sort things out at home. And then I had a whole list. And honestly, it was at the end of the year, um, 2020. I have done most of it. And I can't really look back and say, oh, 2020 was so bad and so on, at least in my case. Because I really took the opportunity and then I was doing like some studying, like e-courses and so on, really filling up the time. I joined like some of the women's ex- as well, like uh, the networks. And like, for example, early this year, as I also joined the women in chemicals and also in fact of networking, even though it's not the ideal, like being online, but it has been great. I had, uh, I could reach out to people, be in touch with people that I didn't imagine before. So it's like really trying to, you know, you could just be sitting back, let's say in your couch or the sofa, <laughs> thinking, <laughs> complaining. But for me, I really took the, the opportunity and, and, and focus in, in other activities and things that really pleased me. So it has been actually not so bad for me. 
Absolutely. So Myra, you actually answered in part one of these, these other questions that we wanted to cover with you. And maybe I'll just ask if you have any other commentary there. So we've been talking about some of the difficulties that we've been facing since, you know, the, the pandemic hit us and, and still through to today, as you can see, I'm still sitting in my living room and I know a lot of us are still, you know, working from home. And, and you mentioned being a mom of a two-year-old. Um, I, I guess, you know, for our community, can you help us to understand um, how you have worked to balance everything that you've got going on on top of your career and your success within your career during this time? Yeah, is um, I wouldn't say it's easy because, um, I mean, you have your work, you have the house to take care you have your partner and then you have your daughter and then everything to combine sometimes is really hard it's really I can say our oh, easy peasy is, is not the case you know uh, like especially as a woman we are always busy we have one at least me yeah. <laughs> I have one million <laughs> things running in my mind like I need to do this and next I need to do this ABC things and so on uh, and to combine sometimes is like I'm like tired at, at the end of the day and but I think what is important is to find a balance as well that we you know spending time with the family uh having like for example on the weekends I really try not to work off laptop you know is spending really family time that's the way I try to balance um in another hand as well like working from home it did facilitate at least few things for me uh, while I'm working, sometimes if I have a break, I can just go into my laundry, for example, for my family, or I can just go and try to put in advance some of the dinner, for example, that we have to do. That was the way I could find, at least throughout this year of pandemic, to cope with, I mean, all the households, chores, and so on, and then working and being there for my daughter as well, because uh, mm -hmm. it was not really, uh, I mean, as I said in the beginning, it has been difficult. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It sounds like although it's, you know, we acknowledge that it's been difficult, there are, um, you know, flexibilities that this environment has, has offered uh, us all. And it sounds like having the ability to get some of the, the daily tasks done outside of work while, you know, on, on breaks during work meetings has been really helpful. And I, I, completely agree with you. I've got laundry running right now myself. <laughs> um, so I, I agree with you. And I start to think about, you know, I'm eager to be able to, to go back into the office when it's safe to do so. Um, because I think what I miss most are the interactions and the networking that comes with being in person with my colleagues. But um, I also am, you know, as I reflect, you know, grateful for the opportunity and the flexibility that being at home has created. So I agree. Right. So, I have to add, though, sorry, uh, yeah. that I also have a great partner who helps yeah. a lot. <laughs> I have to say that. I have to acknowledge. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've talked with a lot of um, working parents uh, in these the these women of the week interviews, and they they absolutely acknowledge that it's a, it's a partnership. Right. Um, and, and the ability to work together in this kind of very unique, uh, different environment is, is a huge part of what helps them to be successful. So um, thank you for, for acknowledging that. Um, so Myra, on the topic more specific to your, you know, your current role and your experience in customs and trade policy, um, 
today we talk about, you know, working from home and, and how connected that has allowed us to be from a virtual perspective. Um, so being in that type of environment, uh, you know, our ability to connect across the globe um, has really been emphasized, I think. Um, and so in your current role as global head of corporate trade for Solvay, what do you foresee as the future of trade? Um, and then I've got some other questions for you tied to that, but maybe we'll start there. Right. Um, so most of my career has been customs and trade, which is more in the operations side, really like making sure that transactions of the company run smoothly daily in compliance with the laws and regulations. And about four years ago, I was uh, invited to work for, by a former boss who have just retired uh, to take the challenge working trade policy, which is a slightly, a slightly different. Uh, is more focused indeed like on legislative proposals, more strategic and so on. It's still about customs and trade, but with a different angle. Uh, in customs and trade, normally I would work on it when the legislation was already there and then you have to implement it. So now on the policy side is more even about how can I, you know, even influence it, what is going to come in future. So it was really a change. It has been like a, a learning curve for me in the past four years. And it was just a little, I mean, a little bit before when you start having the whole turmoil trade dispute, for example, with US and China. And I was there like with not so much experience specifically on, on polis, but it has been, I mean, very interesting, very dynamic, um, especially, I mean, as you know, at the time when you had the former US administration, and we never expect what was going to happen next on Twitter, you know. So it was like I was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, having to, I mean, to learn the job and then really like work on it and provide deliverables and so on. But it has been really an amazing experience. So what I see about the future of trade, what has started happening since a few years ago is that the countries, they start having more an individual agenda rather than a multilateral agenda. And we also saw the rise of protectionism. So we have seen a lot of protectionist measures and trade start being used as a proxy, you know, for distinctions, conflicts across the different countries here. And then we can also take this example of US and, and China for different interests and so on. Um, I'm a really like I'm a believer of free trade, although I acknowledge that trade, I mean, brings winners and losers. Uh, I mean, there is this whole discussions and I also respect the opinions of maybe my other colleagues who doesn't really like trade, <laughs> but I'm a true believer in, in free trade. I mean, we can't really sometimes have the goods accessible if we don't have trade and have them crossing borders. Uh, to have sometimes goods for our house, for, you know, to move around. We, we really need trade and it's, it's vital. And then we have those trends there. So uh, some countries that they are started looking more inward, in fact, and putting some measures around it. And I'm still optimistic. Maybe you have heard, for example, about the World Trade Organization. Um, that is like a lot of criticism that is not working. 
that we, I mean, there is a need for change. And indeed, there is a need for change because the rule book is there already since uh, 20 years, more or less. And however, if we don't have such an organization as the World Trade Organization running, where we have a rules-based order. So what it means is like we have a global order, I mean, based on, on rules, multilateral rules that the countries they, they follow, uh, they are bind to. If we don't have that, I would think that trade will become a bit more chaotic. You know, uh, every country can just go ahead and implement unilateral measures uh, as they want, as they see fit. And I don't think this is really the, the way to go. I do believe anyway that countries will go also for bilateral agreements. So being, for example, I'm here based in Belgium. So if I think of you, EU has uh, concluded a lot of free trade agreements, for example, in the past years. And this has been really an increase, not only with the EU, but with different countries. So I have to be honest, I think the trend is that the countries, they will go more in this direction. But I also would like to keep my optimism and think that such an organization as the World Trade Organization uh, will have support of the member countries to be revitalized and, I mean, to have the reform in place, to have this forum that has been there for a couple of years that they need a reform, but it's so critical that we keep things smooth. Otherwise, I think we just become chaotic. So that's mm -hmm. the way I would like to think for the future, mm -hmm. to be optimistic. And for the question that I mentioned, for the point that I mentioned about uh, it has winners and losers, I do think that we need additional policies, uh, for example, social policies or education and so on, for maybe uh, people that we need some more investment or individuals that we need some more investment if their job or work or community has been affected for some reason about trade. Although there are a lot of studies out there that sometimes if people or individuals are losing their jobs, sometimes can be linked to automation and not really because of trade. But again, I think there need uh, for additional policies to complement that and not just blame everything on trade. Mm -hmm. I mean, you make so many good points and I need to take, you know, take your commentary and sit on it and think about it a little bit. But the, the bottom half of the question, which I, I think you kind of answered, and I'll try my best to kind of regurgitate some of what I've, I've processed is, you know, how can our community, so women in chemicals and our listeners, you know, prepare ourselves to navigate some of these changes that you've highlighted in the regulation space and in the coming decades to come. And I think you make such an awesome point about acknowledging that not everyone in a free trade environment will be a winner per se. And how do we, you know, begin to protect or prepare and, you know, work to support those that aren't always going to be at the top of the, you know, the ladder of success when it comes to trade. Um, I think that's very cool. And I think that there are roles and, and jobs and organizations that, you know, exist to do just that, or, you know, hopefully more will exist to do just that. So as we wrap up, Myra, we, we always like to ask um, who you see as, as an influential woman or who you see as influential women in your professional career and why that might be. So I'll open that up to you. 
Okay, that's a good question because I normally get asked about it, but I don't have any. <laughs> Sometimes I may have seen someone or a woman that I admire and so on, but I never really someone that I really like look as a wow, you know, and I know there are plenty of women out there that are amazing. But I didn't really have anyone that throughout my, for example, my career that I look up to. What I had, though, was like uh, some sponsors, also include men, for example, that I admire. But I don't really have a name that I put, can put forward and say, wow, that person has been really like, you know, my, uh, my role model and so on. However, this brings me also to another point. I wish that I would have, for example, someone that I would look and say, wow, I wish that I would have, for example, a mentor, especially uh, at a young age or as a teenager or still figuring out what I'm going to do, even throughout my career. And that's why today, for example, I'm so passionate about uh, to dedicate part of my time to, to mentor um, young women, I mean, teenagers and someone, because I wish I would have I mean, that at my time, or even now, for example, mm -hmm. uh, I do, I do have now, but it's something that I, I, I really am passionate about. And uh, I wish I would have had back then when I was yeah. younger. Absolutely. I think that, you know, we talk a lot about mentorship and, and how beneficial that it can be. And I think it speaks to Amelia's comment to your bravery as you kind of jumped into your uh, your passions and where you saw your future. So um, without, you know, a strong mentor or a role model, Myra, you, you took that initiative yourself and that speaks volumes to your bravery that Amelia already commented on. But um, I'm really excited because a lot of these conversations that I have uh, that Amelia and I have with our community and our women of the week include, you know, women just as yourself that are passionate about mentorship um, and, and they want to be involved and continue to get involved. And so I think that also, speaks volumes to the caliber of the women in our community um, and the reach that we can all have together and supporting other women um, that might want to, that might need a role model to get that push to kind of come to our community or, or pursue their goals too. Amelia, any comments there? I, I have a feeling there are going to be several women that reach out to me. <laughs> I myself might reach out to you all of your commentary around trade was like really interesting to me because I don't often think about the way that, you know, countries conduct themselves anymore, but we hear so much. And, and when we read history and we learn history about violent war, and I feel like we don't see that as much. Um, but now seeing some of the trade wars that are going on and the ways that negotiations are happening, I feel like it made me start have my wheels turning about, is this going to be the future of how people exert power and how winners and losers are made on the global economy? So I'm probably going to be reaching out to you for some mentorship because I sit in a space that's very reliant on trade. And I think thinking about these things are, and starting to have discussions and learning is going to be very important for my career. So expect a call from me. <laughs> anytime but exactly you, you got it right i mean there are so many different aspects coming today about the power of influence you mm -hmm. know and um as a trade is being used as again let's call it as a proxy or as a weapon and so on 
but there are different interests that are raised like national security um, and then you see a lot around that but I mean yeah, <laughs> we just stop here, but definitely. <laughs> we'll definitely have, have some more side conversations as a result of, of this Women of the Week, Myra. So um, in closing, uh, we want to make sure that you have the opportunity to share with us any um, recommendations, mottos, or mantras that you live by. Um, in terms of recommendations, we've heard podcast recommendations, book recommendations, um, anything that you want to share in closing or even advice to our community is, is welcomed. Okay. I do have a little mantra though, it's, it's, but it's very simple one. Um, for me, I always like have been saying this to my friends and to people who work with me. Very simple, like you never know the day of tomorrow. So that's not normally what I say. Uh, and why I think this is like, even when I think about my journey, um, I learned to be always like kind to people, um, to try always to collaborate and especially be who I am. I mean, what is the Maya at work? You're also going to see the Maya outside work, you know, because I think, what I have learned also, I mean, the world is so small, even though, for example, Carla and Amelia, you're sitting there in the US, I'm here in Belgium, but we are so connected and the world moves in sometimes in circumstances that I, you don't know. So as an example, I was working in a project. I was working actually in, in Belgium normally in my, as a, doing a consulting work that I had. And I met a colleague from uh, South Africa. A few years later, I was doing a rollout project around the world, and then I was in New Zealand. In New Zealand, I met a former colleague of my South African colleague, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's like, and then you share something, you, you share a story, you share like a common colleague, and you know, you come from almost the similar background. And then what I wanted to say with that is like the word is so small and this is about this simple example or can be like about opportunities so I, I always say this you never know the day of tomorrow I have been situations before that I never imagined that one day I would be working in Belgium for such a multinational in a, such a function and so on so I always look back and think okay whatever situation you are today um, try always to be kind considerable to people if, if you have to show of your vulnerability because I'm a believer that tomorrow will always bring you something nicer and better if you're positive about it that's it <laughs> that's such a great way to end um, thank you so much Myra for your you know your insights on trade your willingness to share your story with our community and I cannot wait um, for the rest of our community to hear your story Thank you very much.